1: Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI TODAY for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmilzer. Our guest today is Ofer Ronin, who is the general manager at Chatbase with Google's Area 120. Hello, Ofer.
2: Hello. How's it going?
0: Great. Thanks for joining us today. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know what your current role is. And for those of our listeners that don't already know, maybe explain a little bit about Google's Area 120.
2: Sure. So yeah, I'm Ofer Ronen, and I'm a general manager of Chatbase. And Chatbase is a chatbot analytics and optimization service. So we take chatbots that people build and improve them, help them improve it. So we're within Sharp incubator at Google called Area 120. It's called that because we get to work on a 20% project 100% of the time. And yeah, I previously, This is my fifth startup. I sold one startup to Google, a different one, and one to ask.com. So, yeah, I get to do a startup and work for a large company. It's a nice hybrid situation.
1: Well, great. So I know that we were connected with our friends at the recent chatbot summit where Cognitica is a partner of that event. And you gave a keynote speech there on how to save time optimizing chatbots. So perhaps can you give some of our listeners who are not able to attend an overview of what you presented there?
2: Sure. Yeah. So chatbots can be hard to build sometimes because they're open-ended. Unlike websites and apps that have links or buttons that people press, with bots, the user can type in anything and the bot's expected to respond in an intelligent way. And so that makes it hard to build a bot. So what we've found is that there's three kinds of errors that come up in conversations that are most common that bot developers deal with all the time. We call them UM errors, U-M-M, and it stands for unsupported, misunderstood, or missed requests. And I'll explain each of those three types. But what ends up happening with these three kinds of errors is that companies have teams of people looking through chat logs to find these errors, and it's very time-consuming when they find an error they don't know how common it is and which to fix first because it's just a lot of work to do that so yeah i'll explain in a second those three types but also we at chatbase have been able to use machine learning to automatically detect these errors and therefore save time for people building bots so going back to these three types of errors unsupported errors are when someone types something at your bot and it's not something your bot has built yet. It doesn't support that kind of functionality. An example might be, let's say, a flight bot, and someone's asking to upgrade their seat, but your bot hasn't yet built that functionality. So that's unsupported. Misunderstood is when the user asks for X, but the bot thinks to ask for Y. Uh, these misunderstood errors come up more and more as your bot handles more use cases. There's a better chance it'll misunderstand or miscategorize a user request. And then finally, the missed Requests are situations where your bot already is supporting a use case, but the user said it slightly differently than what you normally recognize, and so you miss an opportunity to help the user because you didn't understand them. So we sort of connect the dots between this alternate way of saying the request and the functionality that you already have built. Long story short, these errors are time-consuming, and we've seen that with our machine learning automation, you can really avoid having this like manual Process one team, the large retailer of five business, business analysts, was able to go down to like one or two people because the automation was both more accurate and obviously less expensive.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. The um, it's kind of funny because you think about um in the context of an actual conversation, but <laughs> here you've made us say something very specific. And so I'm just I'm just curious about just a quick follow up. I mean, what sort of for the companies who are deploying chatbots out there in real life situations? You know, how often do they encounter these sorts of problems?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. So we actually see it from our data, it comes up 12% of the time. And imagine like an app that crashed 12% of the time. Like it would have a hard time retaining its user. So similarly, a bot that like falls on its face 12% of the time, doesn't, you know, doesn't know how to help the user, cannot expect to retain its users well over time. And so it happens more than one in 10 times.
0: Okay. So chatbots seem to be an increasing part of our everyday experience on the business and the consumer side. So where are you seeing unique applications of chatbot technology?
2: So maybe to start with, you know, what are the common use cases we're seeing and then go into the less common? The common ones, especially among large companies, is the customer support use case where they're looking not just to reduce costs, but also to increase satisfaction. Turns out that users especially younger ones, want to have quick answers to their questions 24-7 and bots can do that nicely. There's actually a survey done by Salesforce and a couple other companies that found that the expectations from users of bots is that, like to have 24-7 quick responses to simple questions. So that's something we're seeing across the board companies are building now. And then the other common one is is the lead gen use case, where you can uh, instead of having like just a dumb form, have the ability to answer questions as the person shares information about their you know what they are looking for. So some more engaging kind of experience in your typical lead gen form. Less common use cases are expert bots that might help you, let's say, with medical condition, diagnose medical conditions or, or help you with legal problems. We don't see as many of those out there, but those are compelling use cases if, if a company can get it right get the experience right. And we also see a little bit of or we're seeing some work in the entertainment space. For example, HBO has their Westworld bot and it gives the super fans more content than just the T V show. So we're seeing some of these other cases but not as commonly.
1: So following up on that Westworld bot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're obviously big fans of it. But I think that's cool. So basically that's really an audience engagement bot where it's not really, you know, part of the plot. It's just to engage fans as part of the overall Westworld experience. Is that right?
2: Yeah, so it's additional content and the users ask questions about the show and yeah, it's called Aiden, the bot, and it's an opportunity for people to like interact with character. well actually not interact with characters, but ask questions about characters and like their histories. And so, people that are really into the show love that experience. Yeah, and you know, definitely, we've seen the
1: other uses of chatbots. Especially, I, I always talk about the fact that when I was provisioning the FiOS network, the high-speed uh, internet here at my house, I actually did that entirely through a chatbot experience, and it was it was a unique experience for me because there was some issue, some discrepancy on pricing, and I was having a conversation with this bot, and I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it was completely autonomous or not. It, they did a really good job of hiding that that experience. I didn't know if I was talking to a live operator through a chat or, or to a chat bot. So maybe there was some hybrid activity going on there. Yeah, and it was you know,
0: interesting you brought up the time too, because I think, Ron, this is like Late after hours when you did it.
1: Oh, yeah. So, it was like, it was like mm-hmm. know, 2 a.m. 3 a.m. Yeah. 20,
0: yeah. 24 hours with these companies where before you weren't able to. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. There's an
2: interesting them. debate around like whether bots should self identify as bots or not. And my opinion is that they should. Like they shouldn't keep, there's no reason to keep the user guessing because what we're seeing in logs is like people spend a lot of time trying to figure out if it's a human or not. And to me, it feels like it should be clean. Like you should know when you're talking to a bot and when maybe a human is being introduced in a conversation,
1: right, um,
2: right, yeah.
1: Well, so that's definitely something we're keeping an eye on. We actually had a, a podcast, you a podcast, ago about chatbots, and we talked about that, about the disclosure issue, and mm-hmm. you know, we talked a little bit about how intelligent these chatbots really need to be. So, for our podcast those if you want to check that out, obviously this is a follow up to that following up on that, we know that you're very well plugged into the whole startup and entrepreneurial ecosystem. And so what do you think are some of the categories and trends folks should keep an eye out for and why the future of chatbots and just where do you see things heading in the startup and entrepreneurial ecosystem?
2: Yeah, good question. So yeah, there's a lot of people out there trying different things and some of them are just repurposing business models from the app world and the web world. And that doesn't always work Areas I find interesting are companies that make services that normally would be too expensive for the masses available to a much larger spectrum of people, whether in first world countries or third world countries. But yeah, just making affordable services. So that includes like legal services, health services, financial advice services. And I just see a large opportunity to build a big business around advice and help that today is like only reserved for the few. So that's one area. Another is there's a lot of efficiencies that could be had around lead qualification. I've seen companies that, for example, qualify call center applicants using bots, which otherwise would be done by humans. But a lot of it can be automated and provide equal kind of like qualification capabilities. So yeah, so companies that can plug into automation around things that humans do they do over the phone, I think could do well. There's some large markets in that realm.
0: Okay, great. So as a final note, what trends do you see that could possibly negatively impact adoption of chatbots? We've know that we've heard a few examples and we've talked about this, Ron and I, of chatbots going rogue. Yeah. Tay, for example. So is there a way to be responsible with chatbot technology?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, we're in the early days of bots. And, and if you think about the web in the 90s and what websites used to look like then, they're very rough around the edges. And so there's lots that will happen around best practices. And, you know, building a good bot will be clearer over time. In terms of the rogue bot question, I think there's alerts. You know one solution to that is there's alerts you can put in place when the sentiment of the bot responses goes too negative. It could maybe alert you to take it offline but that's it's rare that like bots do that, but if someone was worried about, it, they could maybe put that kind of mechanism in place generally, I feel like bots you know they're here to stay and will be adopted and used more as like those best practices become clear and you know just like today you can pretty easily build a nice looking website using tools even if you're not a developer that's where we're going with bots you'll be able to build a bot that is versatile and you know without too much effort all those tools that help you build bots will just get better and better and yeah and that also i think they'll automatically address also the rogue concern, because they'll, they'll be cautious to, to avoid those kind of situations.
1: So maybe maybe as a final question, I think this might be helpful for the entrepreneurial folks who are listening, or some of the investors who are listening. And kind of curious just about the investor climate for chatbots and chat technology. How that's changed? Is it getting hotter? Is it sort of cooling off? Kind of where are we in the investment cycle around chatbots and chatbot technology?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. I at that chatbot summit where we met, there were three venture capitalists on a panel talking about bots and and what they see as uh, interesting. And there's a general sense that there's opportunities, it's a space that has unique opportunities, but also that there's a lot of uh, fluff and companies that don't really have a business pitching the investors. And at least that that panel thought that the bigger opportunity was in finding a company that's going after a narrow sector that will create new efficiencies versus the companies that sell the tools. To the bot companies, they thought the tool companies do a little bit early to have a large kind of, uh outcome there that the ecosystem needs to evolve further for the tools companies to do well. So at least that VC panel is more interested in finding like unique solutions. And the company doesn't need to necessarily position itself as a bot company. It can be that delivering a conversational experience is the best way for that business, or maybe one of a few things they do. It was more about, you know, what problems are you solving? It's the same old question, like, are you solving a real problem? Is it a big enough market? And if you can convince them of that, and you happen to be and have conversational experiences as part of your business model, then you're good in their eyes. But they're not necessarily like they don't care that you're a bot company. They care that you're a good business. You know, and that's the thing that every entrepreneur should always be able to answer well. All right. Kathleen?
0: Yeah. So offer thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. And we really appreciate you spending the time with us and our listeners today.
2: You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks so much for inviting me.
0: Great. And listeners, as always, post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. So thank you for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter, and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group, and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes.
1: Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link.
0: This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica, All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.